back. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. We are agents with Codal Banker Seward Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. That is correct. I think it is time to be able to say Merry Christmas. We got snow on the ground and we are close to Christmas. Right. These shows are pre-recorded, but today happens to be December 8th. Mm-hmm. Beginning of the month. Early is, in the month. It is early in the month. We're scheduled for some more snow. So when y'all hear this broadcast on the radio, we should be beneath a foot of snow. But we got a little dusting today. I know. It was quite nice to have a little bit of snow and hide the grass that should have been mowed, but we didn't have time. So, ah, yeah. The weather, Wisconsin weather's got us covered. Right. If you hide it, you can't see it. It means you don't need to deal with it, right? Right. And that means if you just purchased a house recently and you didn't purchase a lawnmower with it and you don't have a lawnmower, don't, you know, don't let it bother you. You can wait till spring. Right. Well, the other thing too is if you're looking at homes during this time of the year, unfortunately, you don't get to see what that beautiful landscaping is. Right. And so sometimes in the spring, it might be a little bit of a, of a surprise because maybe the seller didn't have time to rake those leaves up. And now as the new homeowner, it, it may not be as pretty as what you would like. And even when we talked with our home inspectors, you know, they may not be able to inspect all the exterior of the house because the roof may be covered in snow. Mm-hmm. You know, they can still see some indications of issues, but obviously if you can't see the shingles, you don't know what the shingles look like. C- correct. But this can also be a, a good time to look at houses. Mm-hmm. You know, remember, there's some safety issues as well. So, you know, with the uh, the slipperiness of not just outside, but inside if you have wet shoes. That is very true. You know, make sure we're wearing the proper footwear. And on top of it, too, you know, like you'd said, the snow outside when we're coming into other people's homes, you know, now is the time of the year where we're really going to look at the we're going to see more of requesting shoes coming off. Right. You know, during the summertime, it's really not that bad because you're really not going to be tracking too much dirt in. But with the water on the shoes, you know, we're going to see a lot more of please remove shoes. Yep, certainly. Or um. At at the very least, shoe covers. Mm-hmm. Some people are particular about, you know, having bare feet or socked feet as they walk through someone else's house. So, right. and, and that's okay. Most people are very accommodating. Mm-hmm. So, and most agents are as well. Yes. And I know we've got a little like uh, uh, entry display that we put up, you know, with some uh, sanitizing and and issues like that. You know, if we want to sanitize, we got a little sanitizer bottle and putting the booties out. Keep the it's house gonna, clean. Yeah, it's going to be that time of the year where we're going to be uh, pulling those out of the closet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so winter safety. But like I said, it it's, can be a good time to look at houses too, mm-hmm. especially with the cold. You can find out where the drafts are pretty quick. Yes. Yep. But it's the beginning of the month. What do we have for for the market? Well, for the market. So today, if we look at all homes available in the greater Wisconsin Rapids area, we are looking at 37 homes. It was 31 last week, and we jumped up to 37. Excellent. So that's why I was a little surprised when pulled that up, and we got 37 homes available. That do not have an offer that we can go and look and, and write a purchase agreement on. Mm-hmm. So if we're looking underneath that $100,000 price range, um, we're looking at 13 homes that are available. Oh, that's very good. Right. Can you tell us about two of those? I can tell you about three of those. Oh, okay. So we are going to be looking at Garrison Avenue in Nakusa. So we, that is a cute little two-bedroom home. Mm-hmm. And that one just came up on the market. We will be doing an open house on that one probably on the 17th, on, on the Friday. Excellent. Saturday, Yeah, Saturday we got some family things going on. So mm-hmm. Friday, Friday afternoon I really would like to kind of showcase that one because it's a cute little great starter home. And I think it's got a lot of opportunity to it. And something I like about that neighborhood over in the the Garrison, um, along Garrison Road, what's the one? Hensel. Yeah. So behind it is Hensel Street and then Mm -hmm. also Cranmore. Right. Um, There's not a whole lot out there. Is that like a nature preserve or something behind? Yes. Yep. So you've got uh, access to all the Nakusa City services that, you know, and amenities and such. 
mm-hmm. but there's not a whole lot of backyard neighbors over there. No, no. This is tucked away in a cute little corner of Nakusa. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, great opportunity there. And then our other one is also going to be in Nakusa. It'll be on West 3rd Street. So again, a cute home. This is a two-story home. It's a three-bedroom. The master bedroom has got its own private deck, which is quite nice. So, and I believe it was just recently kind of redid. So it's got the new railings up and looking um, really cute. Yep. New flooring throughout the living spaces. Mm -hmm. And it's a bath and a half. So it does have a half bathroom upstairs with the two bedrooms. So great. Again, another great little opportunity. And with it being on West 3rd, it is close to a lot of things and still kind of tucked away in those back little corners. Right. It's a very convenient spot, especially if you're either, you know, like working like in Nakusa or if you're looking to travel a little bit more south, perhaps you, you know, you're looking to work um, closer to Juneau County or down that that way mm-hmm. or even swinging over into the Adams County side it's a really good you know convenient way to, or location to get on to uh, 73 or 173 correct yeah. I always forget which one is over there 173 okay so but yeah I mean it's in it's in a really cute location it is semi-fenced in so we from what we can tell that there's only a fence on two sides of the property mm-hmm so another great little opportunity to grab a little bit of piece of paradise in Nakusa. And then our last one is going to be up here in Wisconsin Rapids on 5th Street South. So again, it's another cute little three-bedroom home. Mm-hmm. It's on a corner, very close to a lot of amenities. So close to Ida's and also just a couple blocks off of A Street. So all of the fun shopping on A Street. Very close to that as well. And that one's set up in a, a great spot. If you're looking to, you know, maybe cruise up to Marshfield, mm-hmm. <clears throat> that, you know, you can get right on the expressway and, and head Highway 13 North. Um, or you can catch Highway 54 and head over to Plover mm-hmm. or 13 and head it down south and, you know, through town. So it'll be a little bit more of a through town drive to get to the southern part of Wisconsin Rapids and then you know, continue on south. Yeah, it's 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 a great little investment property for sure. You know, invest in your future. Right. So definitely, you know, come check out these three homes with us if you're looking for something under a hundred thousand. All right. So I know you let's try to do our next bracket. Let's go from a hundred thousand all the way up to should we do one fifty? Sure. Okay. So we're looking at eight. Okay. So again, not too bad. Um, that is a very popular price range. Mm-hmm. And we do have our listing over on Third Street mm-hmm. in that price range. So again, that's a two-bedroom home on almost a half acre of city lot. So again, city sewer and water with a very huge garage. We're thinking four cars can fit into that garage. It's it's quite big. I think it's twenty-eight by thirty-two, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, um, main floor bedroom and bath, full bath, and laundry hookups on the main floor as well. Right. So, yeah, a really great opportunity there as well. All right. So, our next bracket. We've got a lot of listings going. We do. Um, and the ones in Nakusa just popped up uh, a day or so ago at the beginning of the, the week. Mm-hmm. So, let's look at the 150 to 200. Okay, so there's only two homes available in that price range. There's also a very popular price range. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we've, we're starting to get a little bit of acreage with, in this price range. So that's, you know, if you're looking for something with, with acreage, we're going to have to be above that, that 150 mark in order to get into the acreage. How about if we go over 200? All right. So if we did over 200. I know it, it's a big chunk. It is. It's going to be 14. Okay. Do you see any clusters in price um, range? Let's see here. We have about six homes that are going to be under the three hundred thousand mark. So we do have some some nice opportunities under that three hundred thousand mark. 
again, a little bit with acreage as well. And then above that 300, um, you know, are the bigger homes. We're looking at the four bedroom homes with the at least two bath, maybe a few more bathrooms. So more opportunities in the bigger range yet too. So lots of opportunities. Um, and I know from just browsing through, they are spread all over our area. So if you're, it's it's pretty nice to see that if you're looking for something, mm-hmm. um, we can pretty much dial in a decent mix of, you know, are, are you looking for acreage or number of bedrooms or location particularities? Right. We got Saratoga. We got Nakusa, Grand Rapids. We've got Beeren. I believe Port Edwards is in here as well. So definitely have, it's all spread across the board. So it's just a matter of which area you want to live in that we can get you into a home. And again, that's one of the nice things about looking at this time of year that the listings seem to be staying on um, without offer for a little while longer than what they were in the summer. I'm thinking probably about four days. Right. You know, we're kind of seeing homes come on the market after that fourth day is usually when the offers are coming in. Or at least um, when we see them get accepted. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a bit more of a delay while you know, the family either gets in contact with, you know, people, uh, other family members, or, you know, they're getting back from holiday trips, that, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or just taking more time and saying, hey, we, we know how crazy it has been. So let's just, you know, people are understandable in the holiday season and let's just slow down just a touch. Mm-hmm. You know, so that it's good. It's good to see that we still have inventory going out, but coming in just as fast. Correct. So y'all have been listening to us, and, and you're all doing your homework, right? And and really taking to heart that you know if it's in your plans to list your house for sale, consider doing it here even in December. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean December is still a great time to to list and get things done and taken care of. Um. We had sales meeting today. We did. And we got to look back on our year to date numbers and then year versus last year numbers. Um, so in the Wisconsin Rapids area, as far as houses that sold from January until the end of November, um, residential properties, 630. That's sold a lot. In the Wisconsin Rapids area. Mm-hmm. Um, in that time frame, 671 had come onto the market. So they had sold about 93, excuse me, no, 94% of the inventory that came on. So that, that's also exciting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little bit of carryover because of things haven't closed or there were houses that, um, are still or were still on the market from the year previous. So having that 94% of things that are houses that came on did sell is excellent to see. Let's see the list price versus sold price. Okay. okay Cause so, we always talk about that. And you know, so we, we do have listings where the sold price is less than the listed price. Mm-hmm. Number of factors that go along with that. There's certainly just as many where the sold price is more than what we listed it for. Right. And again, many factors for that. Um, so the ratio we're actually over our listing price, and it's at 101 and 14 percent. Oh wow! So well over a hundred percent return. You know. So um, what it's sold for versus what we listed it for. Correct. So we're over. It's great. And your personal production numbers are about the same as well. Yes, I believe so. Um, and that, that really, really shows that you in particular and the agents in the area as well are really hitting the mark on uh, comparing properly and listing properly at the certain dollar amount that actually gets appraised out for, mm-hmm. for, for one instance. 
um, or that people are seeing the value in. Um, because if if we as realtors were shooting high with our market opinion prices, then that would be in the 90%. It would be selling for less than what we listed it for. Correct. So we, we are good. We're right on. And, you know, sold prices are just a little bit more. Um, I think part of that is also that what we do for a comparable analysis and then the market does push it up by themselves sometimes. And and we do see that because as you know, you're shopping around for, for your agent and you're interviewing it. Um, and by the time that you get to like the second or the third one, we usually get to hear the, well, the other agent didn't show us this or, you know, we'll hear the, wow, this is better than the last one. So just kind of having that conversation with you as a seller of, okay, we know you're, we might be the second agent that's coming in. We're going to show you what we found. And a lot of times we, we've noticed like at least one or two of our comps are the same as from someone else. Of course. You know, we've had a couple of them where we found different comps than the other agent. And so it's just how we look at a home versus someone else looking at the home. And perhaps a different amount of comparables. Um, so one agent might only choose or, or at least show the seller maybe two or three comparable properties mm-hmm. where another agent might show them six or seven because that's what the market has. Right. And, and a lot of times I think we try to hit around that six, six properties because we can show you, okay, you know, this is kind of the low end of the price range for what it went to. And then also we take it one step further of we know where we're, the top is going to be, but we're going to show you like the top top of, hey, if you really want to be in that next bracket, this is what that next bracket looks like. Right. Your home may not be there, but we can do things to get it to that next bracket or to that next group. And and that's really one of our, our biggest um, mantras, I guess, is the education portion of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's why we're doing this audio show right now is to help, you know, educate people so that they can be more savvy and subsequently be better clients for us. Right. You know? Um, and it's, it's to help educate you along the way of this, is how the process works and that this is what we're comparing your house to and what that comparable property sold as. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's quite an interesting journey the last couple of years of seeing, you know, the, the pricing and how the pricing has increased in, in certain uh, chunks, you know, that, that 15% increases year over year and stuff is not un, unheard of when we look at individual months. Right. And it's, you know, if you haven't sold a house in 15 years or 20 years and, and we're trying to show you the, the homes of, well, this is what homes are selling for. This is the way they look. And like I said, you know, we try to find that, that line of, well, if we want to get into that next bracket, you know, we'll show you the house with the granite countertops and go, does your house have granite? You know, does it have these things? You know, if we were comparing them to apples to apples and you only have $150,000 to spend, which one would you do? You know, are you going to go with this, this quality or are you going to go with this one? And it's sometimes it's a little bit of an, of an eye opener of we need to do some work to our house because that's where we thought we were going to be, but obviously we're not even close. So it's kind of having that little bit of education. It's not that your home is not worth a whole lot, but we just need to make sure that you understand where we're coming from. So that way we don't get into a situation where the house is overpriced and everyone's a little bit on the disappointed side because they're not getting the showing. So they're not getting those offers. And we see a lot of appraisals come through as well. And it, it's kind of interesting to then see our thought process of where, you know, what comps did you think were comparable to the property? And now we see an appraisal going. So the appraiser thought that these same comps, these same other properties were comparable or they chose different ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of getting into an, an appraiser mindset as well is part of our job. Right. Because it, again, we're listing a house and if someone has financing, it needs to, you know, go through an appraisal. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Um, okay, so statistics. All right, yeah, let's go back. Right, so for the first 11 months of the year here, average days on market for sold properties averaged at 70 days. Oh, wow. Um, of course, that's from the date listed to the date closed. Okay. As far as our examples here in the Central Wisconsin Listing Service. So if we backed out 35 days for that to work through the contingencies roughly. Right. You know, so we're still looking at a good 40, 40 some days on the market. Correct. Yep. And and those are, again, many variables going between that because some are cash transactions. Right. And so the home may be sitting without an offer for two days and then they get a cash offer and they just send right through that that could only take maybe you know two weeks maybe just maybe. just as an as an example um that's about the soonest that we've seen it because title work takes a certain amount of time correct and they need clear title in order to sell the house yes um but then we've also seen other transactions that maybe needed to be extended uh, maybe the home had sat on the market for a little bit longer. While the family was getting it ready. Right. Because mm-hmm. um, we've had some withheld as well. So it was still technically listed, but it withheld from showings going on to it. So that racked up days. Um, or things had to be repaired along the way and we couldn't get a contractor in soon enough. So a lot of variables, but the 70 days on market, um, and JR was saying compared to... Uh, talking about this the same time in last year's event, it was about 80-some days, 85 or so. So things are moving faster. Right. Which is also good for our sellers. Mm-hmm. Let's see the next page. Yeah, we can look at, you know, it, we break it down into residential quantities sold. Uh, year over year, we've had 32 more homes sold so far this year than we did in 2020. A five percent increase, as far as financially, you know what what do they they go for? Um, that five percent of number of properties turns into eighteen percent higher cost for the properties. Okay. Um, the median sale price and average sale price, we know th- those are slightly different. Um, our average sale price. Is now at one hundred and sixty-eight thousand three hundred. Okay. Um, one year ago it was one hundred fifty thousand nine hundred. So we've increased our average sale price by twelve percent. Our median sale price, which we compare for a lot of other things as far as statewide goes, mm-hmm. um, our median sale price in the middle increased five percent. You know, and we, we usually talk about that when we go through our statewide sales numbers a little bit later in the month, mm-hmm. um, is how the average versus median is, and the median is the number right in the middle. But still, 5%, 15%, 12%, numbers that we're talking about are all increasing in our residential properties. And it's really nice to see that everything is is increasing because we keep hearing the, well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fall out. Right. You know, I don't want to list because it's just the bottom's going to fall out and we're not going to get the price that we want to. So we waited a month. Well, next month, we've just seen for November, we're still increasing in in our sale price. So it's it's still time. There's still room to list. And if people are saying, well, it's, it's you know, we, we're still in the bubble. It hasn't burst yet, but it's going to. It's gonna well, we we can see that monthly, our sales numbers are still continuing. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't dropped off. No, and that in real estate, as at a national level, between three and seven percent of market increase is normal. Right. So if we maintain the um, median sale price. For instance, so far this year, it's increased 5% over last year, cumulatively. That's right on par with what we should be seeing anyway. And and looking back you know, on our statewide numbers and countywide numbers that go all the way back to 20, 
seven, no, 2007, 2007 it is. Okay. Um, we, we can see that as a trend and those are published numbers. You know, National Association of Realtor has those numbers out, excuse me, Wisconsin Realtors Association has those numbers out for the public to see, you know, and, and we can help guide you through that as well. Land is interesting. Land is just phenomenal. So we've had a 78% increase year over year in land sales. Mm-hmm. Land. Land. Vacant land. Vacant <clears throat> land. Nothing on it. Well. Some trees. Dirt. Maybe some weeds. Maybe a little bit of water. Snow now, perhaps. Snow now. But we, we've certainly seen that trend start at the end of 2020 when the housing market was just so crazy. People are looking at it going, we can't find anything. And we certainly can't find anything that we want. Or I don't want to be the 17th offer on this home and get completely lost in the shuffle. And perhaps I don't have to move right now so we can defer that move for a year or two and get what we want. And if prices are going to increase, maybe it's not going to cost that much more to actually build what we want. Mm -hmm. So yeah, land is up 78%. Uh, So far this year we've sold, um, well, the market has sold in, in Wisconsin Rapids area. 132 pieces of land. That's a lot. Last That's a year, lot of vacant land. Last year was only 74. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the volume that that turned out to be is, is just astonishing as far as uh, financial numbers. And yeah, the median sale price is up 36%. Yes. Um, land we didn't see a lot of. When we do our comparable analysis for what land should be priced at, I mean, it's it's somewhat difficult because we just don't know what's going to be hot. I mean, we we, we understand certain locations are always going to be um, looked at heavily, mm-hmm. um, but some we, we're just not sure. Well, when we start looking back, so we always try to look back one year, and depending upon the location... This may only be one of five that sold. Sure. So if we look at the size and kind of the location, it may only be five. Well, then if we try to go back two years just to try to get a better sampling of it, you know, it, it, I don't want to say it skews our numbers, but the more years we have to go back, it kind of adjusts how we look at it. But then we try to, I'm going to take Nakusa, for example. So if we try to do a city lot in Nakusa, we just look at Nakusa, what those city lots are selling for. I think there's only like maybe 10. There's a small little handful. So we try to add port. So again, we kind of look at the same size of communities to pull some of these numbers together to figure out how much we would want to list this land for to, to optimize it. Because we can't pull from Rapids because it's a total different demographic. Right. And totally different city amenities and size and location as well. Correct. You know, the same thing if we're looking at if something's on water, we want to be able to compare it to something else that's on water. So trying to find those numbers, you know, we do a little bit of digging. I mean, it takes us a little bit longer because it's not as simple as what it should sound like. So it takes us a little bit longer to do vacant land just for that because there are so many different other variables that we need to add into our little matrix. We can also look at average sold days on market for Mm -hmm. land. Um, I don't have the numbers for last year at this time, but currently so far this year, land has been sitting instead of 70 days for residential land is at 276 days. Yeah. So land takes longer. Yes. And that's what we always tell people with vacant land, that this is a long game. This is not something that we can sell within three days of listing. Although when it does happen, we, you know, we're super excited, mm-hmm. but land is going to be a long game. We've got to market it a little bit differently. And it's going to take that right family to come along to say, this is where I want to build my dream home. And we can look at sort of current active, um, listings as well a little bit you said how many do we have for residential in the 37 or 37. so 37 land i believe the last time we looked was 100 and it was like 20, in the 140s. 140 yeah so you've got 100 more options to choose from mm-hmm. that's why it you know 
uh, what land is doing right now is what general real estate did five years ago. Correct. You had a hundred or 200 options to look at and they're sitting on the market for six or eight months. Mm-hmm. So um, the other thing with land, like I said, our, our median price has increased year over year, 36%. Yes. So the price of land, like, like I said, it's nice now that we have more um, to look at and compare to because now we can get a little bit more accurate realization of what land is actually going to go for. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been increasing. So, you know, they're not making any more dirt. They're not making any more dirt. So it's it's really fun. It's fun, ch- you know, chatting with families who are looking at land because there are so many options out there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of en- endless. We can just stand there and just kind of go, okay, so you want to build a dream home, huh? Well, where would you think you would put the home? Because if it's near, you know, we'll see like a pond. You know, do you want it so that the master bedroom is looking at the pond? Or do you want that to be more of the family room focus? So just kind of having those conversations of, well, what are you going to do with it? You're going to look at it for hunting. Are you going to look at it for, for camping? Of This is where we're going to have the family come. And we just need a piece of land that we just want to be able to pull our campers on to and, and camp for the weekend and have a good time. Or is it something that we're going to build on? Some other exciting numbers, again, with the statistics. Um, this year sold through the end of November. Commercial is exciting. It is. Um, 214% increase in commercial properties sold year mm-hmm. over year. And multifamily as well is 122% increase in multifamily. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of investors are looking to finally cash out on their retirement plan and, you know, get out of their multifamily. So duplexes or quadplexes. Right. So those have come on the market this year and have gone off again and sold 20 of those this year versus 19, or excuse me, 20 this year versus nine from last year, the same period. Right. So that's exciting. Like I said, commercial, Jer is extremely excited about commercial increase in sales. There was seven last year in the area. So far this year, there's 22. Well, it's just showing that, you know, the small businesses are coming to town. They're coming to town. They're buying the real estate. They're staying. They're making their, they're staking in, in our communities. So mm-hmm. that is a really great thing to see of, you know, we hear a lot of, well, there's no, no businesses coming to town. We have businesses coming to town. They're, or we're having businesses say, you know what, we're tired of renting from our landlord. Right. We've been here for 10 years and you know what, we're going to make a, we're finally going to buy our own building. We we're doing extremely well. And we, our interview with uh, Patrick Gatterman, mm-hmm. um, brick and mortar is making a comeback. It is. And I think that's, like you said, it was driven a lot from uh, corporate on down. They understand that having a web presence is important. Mm-hmm. but there's so much that it just needs to be touched and felt. Um, especially, you know, like we were talking for safety reasons, yes. you know, helmets and jackets and boots and such. Yep. Um, the last thing that's also really exciting is we, we've got a list of the offices that are in the area mm-hmm. that have uh, done production. So how many units they've sold and the volume that uh, financially that they have sold. and the really interesting number is out of uh, offices that are not in our MLS. So they're not central Wisconsin agents mm-hmm. coming and doing business here in Rapids, in the Rapids area. Right. And and you've seen that certainly on a lot of our listings where we have agents coming from Madison and Milwaukee and the Fox Valley. Correct. Yeah, we've had a lot this year of agents out of the the area coming here and helping their clients move to, you know, our little neighborhood here in Wisconsin. Our little humble neck of the woods. Yes. And when we do our our presentation talking to potential sellers, that's one of the things that we really like to touch on is where are the people coming from that are coming to the area? Right. Right. And yes, there are a lot of that are coming out of state, moving here, which mm-hmm. is which is good. 
um, bringing, you know, new money, new ideas, all that stuff. Uh, really, with the remote work from home, and you can work anywhere, mm-hmm. what better place than, you know, one of the most magical places in the state? Exactly. And really, we've got so much to offer. I, re- I really, really enjoyed doing the interviews that we've had this year um, because I, I get to see other people's excitement about the area as well and learned a couple of things that we have here that I didn't know we have, you know, and hopefully, hopefully y'all as listeners caught on to some of those new interesting things too. So Carrie, what, what's your favorite part about living here in central Wisconsin? I think some days it's the fact that I can see all four seasons in one day. I mean, it is really great where you kind of wake up and, you know, it's hot, it's humid. And then all of a sudden we get a little bit of fall where you get that nice cool breeze. We get a little bit of snow and then it all melts away. So I think that's kind of like the best part. And there's so many things that we can do, you know, outside in every single season. I mean, it's no secret that I'm not a huge winter fan. Really not. This time of year is when I just want to hibernate. I don't want to go outside. Snow is not my friend, but it's pretty to look at. Right. But then there's so many neat things that you can do indoors and still be able to see the pretty snow and just kind of enjoy family. And bake cookies. And bake cookies all day long. Mm -hmm. But then also at the same time too, you know, being out in the fall and taking the hay rides and having a nice little fire in the fall time and just having all that fun magical of fall is really great. In spring, we get to play in, in the dirt and plant a garden and watch all of that. In the summertime, we just get to just enjoy all the lakes in the area. And, and lawn and landscaping. Lawn and landscaping, because, you know, I am not, I don't go fishing. The only way I go fishing is with my dad. That way he can put the worm on the hook and take the fish off the hook. Not, that's not my, my cup of tea. but. I do enjoy going fishing with my dad, so that's usually his job is to take care of the fish and the hook. I have no problem casting. I have no problem catching the fish. Just don't want to touch them. You. I know. But I'll cook them. I'll be happy to cook them. Just don't want to touch them when they're alive. I don't know. Never like that part. So what about like crawfish, crabs, lobsters? Still no? Yeah, still no. Well, the lobsters are kind of fun to watch them crawl around on, you know, the countertop and have fun with them when they're live. So we talked in the first hour a little bit about, you know, home staging ideas for the holidays and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I've got another blog post. And we can continue on that trend a little bit. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So this one is three winter staging tips. So okay. Maybe not just for the holidays, but for winter as well. Again, this is from the National Association of Realtors, um, brought to us by Audra Slinky. Ooh. Mm-hmm. The first one is coffee counter vignettes. So having a, a dedicated area, maybe in your kitchen or like a little breakfast nook area. And setting up it as a coffee counter, putting out the snow and mugs. Oh, yes. I mean, what, what else from coffee and wintertime do you correlate? Um, I do a lot of the flavors. Mm-hmm. So doing the flavored coffee. Yeah. And then I always like to have like the notes of how you can make different flavors. So if you mix, you can mix and match all your flavors to get a different different type of latte or something. The article suggests keep it simple. Anchor your vignette with a tray filled with mugs. You know, some signery. There's some signage. Mm-hmm. Greenery. Maybe a coffee press. And whatever else suits your fancy. Um, I know we always did this during the Christmas season with the kids with the with, hot cocoa. With the cocoa, right. Yep, do the... You know, we always do up a little bit of a cocoa bar for them so that way they can go over and make their own little hot cocoa mix. And again, we always have some sort of kind of cute little cheeky sign for them of if they want to do like a peppermint hot cocoa or what they can add to their cocoa base. So candy canes. 
definitely some candy canes. Marshmallows. Mm-hmm. Now that'd be good just in coffee as well. Could you do flavored creamers? You could do flavored creamers. Okay. Uh, the next one the article suggests is feature fireplaces. Ooh. What's better in winter than a good fireplace? And a good hot cup of cocoa. See, they go together. They do. <clears throat> and kind of like you mentioning, it's a good place to just hibernate. You know, watch mm-hmm. the fire and the snow falling down outside. Uh, we're, we're blessed in our location here that we've got so many uh, pine trees, you know, aspen, spruce, all, all that that are green all the time. And then mm-hmm. with that layer of white snow on it, oh my gosh. It is always so pretty. The blog suggests uh, winter bringing out the desire for warmth, arrange a room so that the fireplace becomes a focal point and will make buyers feel warm and welcome. Ooh. Help buyers envision themselves living there and kicking their feet up by the fire. Drape a cozy fur or knit throw onto the sofa nearby to add to the ambiance. Mm-hmm. There's um, kind of two trains of thought. So do I actually start a fire and, you know, for the showings and whatnot? Okay. Or not? Um, I, I, I think what we've come to conclude is if it's a gas-fired place, go ahead and have the fire on. Correct. Um, and especially if we're doing like an open house. Yes. So an, an all-day showing marathon. Mm-hmm. Especially for you because you get cold easy. Right. And I will just hover near that fireplace. And it really becomes like the focal point of, you know, the agents there by the fire and we can help direct people through. Otherwise, we're in the kitchen. Yes, you can usually find me in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's a, a wood-fired fireplace, perhaps don't. Because that can get messy and you have to keep up with the fire, you know, keep the flue warm and, and such like that. Mm-hmm. and you know, if the agents there with their clients were not going to be tending to the fire. Correct. And if it is one of those things, because I know that we've had some listings where the family has been home and so they had a fire going, they mm-hmm. would just wait till the showing started. They see that the, the agent come in and then they would leave and they would just kind of sit at the end of the driveway in their vehicles while the showing's going on. And then that way the fire, someone was always home, you know, it was going but the house was never empty with the fire going. So right. again, always have that conversation with your your agent of what would you like done with the fireplace? You know, should we have a fire going? Should we not? And that also shows that the fireplace is active. You know, the chimney is probably kept. Um, although the downside is it, it may be an allergen to some people. Mm-hmm. So, again, pros and cons. Definitely have that conversation with your agent. Yep. Uh, The next one they suggest is warmer color palettes. Okay. Welcoming the warmer color tones into a room sets the stage during the cooler months. A color scheme that reflects colors of nature will stand out and create a calming, updated, and inviting vibe into the space. Being creative and don't get locked into using... Rich, vivid hues, if perhaps a neutral color scheme works better. So instead of white all the time mm-hmm. or the light creams, you know, maybe add in a darker cream. Ooh. If the room is n- normally more of the dark brown furniture, mm-hmm. I mean, you still have an option to maybe change out the rugs, bring in some more plants. Um, I think e- even living life in in a house that's decorated that way helps in the wintertime. You know, it kind of keeps our our mind set back to spring is coming. There's things that are going to be green. It's not just the desolate, monochrome, snowy white scene. It's not Hoth. Right. We're not in the Hoth system. Okay, so there's my Star Wars reference. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty good one. It is. Right? Yeah, the... the, uh, but that's one of the the dreariness of wintertime. And and we had it just a little this last See, couple weeks. See, I always think it, it happens in like November when everything, when the trees lose all of their leaves and everything just looks like dead yeah. and just like there's no, like the hope is gone. You know, the snow comes in and it kind of brightens everything up and it's like, okay, it's not that bad. 
mm-hmm. until you realize that you're going to have five months of the white stuff. Right. Then and- about month two, it's like, okay, are we almost done with this? And then you start remembering that you've only got, what, five, six hours of daylight? Mm-hmm. Before it becomes dusk again, and then you're back into darkness. Right. And as we go into through December, I mean, this it's really, like you said, hibernating time. And we're going to get to the, you know, shortest days of the, the year here real quick. Um, it is nice that Christmas is... You know, allotted at this time too, because we've got all the nice Christmas lights. Mm-hmm. You've got the greenery that you can bring in. You know, the evergreen boughs and wreaths and trees. And it, I think it does help. It does. Um, but then we get January, and so we take down the festive decorations, and it's still, you know, six hours of daylight, and that's all you get, and more snow and bitter cold. So it's I, the bitter cold. Th- we know that we got to get through the like the deep, deep, bitter cold. Right. Because once we do that, then it's all uphill from there. I mean, we, we could have a whole show talking about seasonal depression. Oh, yes. And we did go up to Alaska. And I, mm-hmm. can, um, I did a trip up there years and years ago when it was more dark more often. And yeah, it, I, I can see how people would really get, really get depressed and, and bummed about just living in darkness like that. Mm-hmm. Um, to, just to keep on the Alaska thing, they also have the opposite. So it's like all daylight all the time. And that really screws with the body too. Yeah. It all depends about how far north you go. So I do have another article real quick here from the National Association of Realtors. Okay. Again, it's about holiday decorating. This one is um, for the home stagers. Ooh. Don't let the holiday... Decor be a Grinch in your system. Okay. So there are a lot of stagers that don't, they're, they're like, no holiday decor. It's like, we're just not going to. Um, let's see. So, it, the article says, some real estate pros have turned to virtual decorating tools to hide the decor, uh, the decor and associated clutter that often comes with the holidays. Um. The unfortunate part is, depending on how much holiday decor you have up, that can really hide things in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, the picture that the article shows is of like the master entrance foyer of a two-story home. Mm-hmm. And so it's got the handrails going up. I mean... Well, the tree just kind of blends right on in. You totally missed right. the, the stairwell, the beautiful stairwell that's there. It's kind of hidden by the tree. Mm-hmm. And it, what is there a crack in the wall? Is there a broken banister behind it? Mm-hmm. You know, you can't see some of those things. There are some uh, photographers who will do a virtual, like removal of that, or they can add in the other way and say, "Hey, if you haven't decorated your house yet, we're going to add in virtual staging stuff," which I I don't get into. I tend to photograph as I see it, as it is. It makes uh, me ethically as a photographer feel better about it because that's what I saw when I was there. And I mm-hmm. can say I didn't modify it at all. Right. Yeah. So there's some options that before and after adding in, you know, maybe a big Christmas tree in the the front lobby area or, you know, in, in the living room. It really changes the look of the room and the proportion of it as well. Mm-hmm. Very much so. So, yeah, consider, you know, maybe not having as much holiday decor set up this time of year and being very strategic with it. So it would be interesting to bring in, you know, one of the home stagers and ask just what their opinion is of your place with your particular decorations that are um, put up. Mm-hmm. And I know you have said uh, a lot of times keep the holiday decorated because it's that time of year and it's expected, but go low key with it and not put up, you know, family heirloom decor and, and such like that. Well, we even did it. Um, there was a year that we were not going to be home for Christmas. We were going to be traveling for, for the Christmas time and it was going to be, um, we were going to be spending a week with family. So we were going to be home. 
And there was the movement in the house of, we will not put up any Christmas decorations because we're not going to be home to enjoy them. Oh, sure. But then as we were kind of going through our, like our regular day and, and stuff like that, where we realized we needed to have some of the stuff out. We didn't go all out, but it was kind of the, okay, we need at least our stockings out. So, you know, we dug through and we got the stockings out. Well, then it turned into kind of missing not seeing a tree. So then, you know, you go and get that one foot tall Christmas tree. So you can decorate it with little mini ornaments. So we that's started to kind of do some of those smaller things. So that way you still had the lights and some of the pretty stuff, but it wasn't all out like we normally did with the garland, the tree, the rugs, the pillows, the new blankets. I mean, we went all out. But it was just, you know what, we needed to slim that down. So I think still having some of those Christmas things out for the kids, and it was really the kids kind of pushing it mm-hmm. of, you know, I really I really need to see my my stocking. Can I at least have that out? It's it's a family thing that you did. It's a tradition that you kept. Mm-hmm. Um the article mentioned a little bit about the virtual staging and adding or removing the holiday decorations. Um, and I think a, a very neat idea is actually if you prepared to list your house for sale around this time of the year, have the photographer come in and take photos before you put the decorations up. Yes. Um, and then with the decorations as well. Or if you're anticipating, you know, listing in January or February, it's still winter, still close enough to the holiday. You know, we might be able to use those to publicize how beautiful your house is when it is staged for Christmas time. Mm-hmm. So our forward-facing MLS photos at that time might be the non-decorated house. Um, but then when we push our media for marketing purposes, we can include the holiday decorations with it. Correct. Which, you know, if you've got a house that shows well with holiday decorations, let's let's put it up and show it off. Exactly. So find us on social media. We Car- got our Facebook pages. Yeah. Um, it, just look up Carrie Nikolai, Coldwell Banker Seward. Um, you can do that on the web as well at myrapids.com. Mm-hmm. I'll show you all of our local listings that we have available. Um, actually, all the listings in the area and certainly the ones that we have available. Correct. And you have a phone number. I do. And it's a very textable number as well. So it's 715-323-2577. All right. Well, you guys all have a great Central Wisconsin day. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.